Hello and welcome to day 28 of A Year of War and Peace. I'm Brett. And I'm Logan. And today we are reading Volume 1, Part 2, Chapter 3. And it's the end of Week 4. Oh, it is. It that's is crazy. That is a, that's one that's a whole month. That's a February's worth. That is true. Sorry, I had to, I did do that math in my head. <laughs> is it a leap year this year? It I is. think it is. This <gasps> oh my gosh. So we'll, we'll finish this challenge a day early. <gasps> We're saving wow. up. Wow. Golly. But it's chapter three. Kutuzov returns to his camp with Andre and he's discussing the progress of the war with the Austrian representative, the general who is a representative of the Hofskriegsrath, which is the organization that Nikolai, Bol- <laughs> <laughs> that Nikolai Bolkonsky was mocking earlier yes. when he was talking to the sausage worst people. That's the, the Austrian <laughs> war council, basically. <laughs> the sausage worst. <laughs> They're discussing the progress of the war. The Austrians seemed concerned and are trying to get Kutuzov to speed up and yes. move his forces quicker. And he wants to slow down. He wants to slow down. And he's saying that uh, he's heard from General Mack, who's one of the Austrian commanders of a large Austrian army, that apparently things are going great. General Mack's in a, in a winning position. He's in a winning station. He's got a really strong defensive position in the province of Ulm. Napoleon is just about to get his his butt whooped by General Mack mm-hmm. and his 70,000 strong Austrian army, according to a letter from General Mack that Kutuzov just received. Alleged. Allegedly. Allegedly. <laughs> and then he sends Andre off on an errand or Andre leaves the room or something. But we see again more disagreement within the coalition forces yes. between the Russians between and the, the Austrians. Russians and the Austrians. And then Andre heads out. We get a little note that Andre looks like he's doing much better now. Yeah, I know. He I'm loves being surprising. at war. He loves being at All war. men yearn for war, Amen. so I'm not surprised. <laughs> it says he's doing great. He's He's been great on his commissions. He's done a great job. His smile was easier. A warmer charm shone in his eyes. And his face shone far greater contentment. He's a contentment. war man. Yeah, so he seems to be having a great time. Super into it. Loves his job. Loves his job. He loves being Anne Hathaway. Doesn't and miss the his Devil wife Wars at Bruno. all. Hasn't even thought about her. You know, men being around a lot of men will awaken something in them. <laughs> the Spartan instinct, <laughs> as it is. They'll realize they maybe aren't that into women. <laughs> maybe you should give Pierre a call. <laughs> Write him, write him a letter. Yeah, write him a letter. So we the, do learn that he's been writing his father every single day. Yes, he does write his father every day. Is intriguing, but I mean, kind Keep of up to date. Kind of makes sense given who his father is and the fact that he carries his saber around. Yeah, like there's yeah. clearly some kinship. Clearly, so Andre heads out, runs into another of his comrades, Kozlovsky. They say hi, say what's up, and then a, an Austrian general, a disheveled Austrian Uh-oh, general, who runs could it be? into the room, and he's like, he's like, the commander in chief Kutuzov. I need to see him. You do not know who I am. I must speak to the commander in chief. I am, I am, I am speaking with an accent. Mm, I am German. I am German, but am, also Austrian. I am German, Austrian, German, and uh, they let him through, and he goes in, and he says, "You see before you." The unfortunate Mac. General Mac was not okay. He was a liar. He was a he liar. Was a little liar. Or or the general Kutuzov is a liar. I think that Mac was probably a liar because it seems like he produces a letter. He gets Andre to grab him a letter from. He does. Pre- he does produce a letter. However, I also question when that letter was sent and how fast that post is coming. Yeah, through. yeah, maybe. I think that there's a good chance that realistically, General Mac was very confident, and then suddenly. Everything went wrong for him. Yeah, I'm willing to put money on that as well. 
Because what happened here is when Napoleon started invading into Germany, they sent General Mack with an army of 70,000 Austrians who took up a defensive position in the province of Ulm. And Napoleon got word of this Austrian position. Mm -hmm. And he had one of his great strengths was logistics and organization and being able to move his army and reorganize them very quickly. And basically, he performed this wheeling maneuver and surrounded General Mack's entire army in a series of short skirmishes and forced the surrender of all 60,000 of his of his troops because they were completely surrounded by yeah. Napoleon's army. So they, he killed he killed 10,000 Austrians, forced the surrender of the other 60,000 and only lost 6,000 of his own men in the maneuver. So it was a devastating a de- a devastating defeat. Devastating blow. Horrible. Defeat. <laughs> he, he should be. He should be disheveled. Yeah. I would be too. And Andre Andre even says here that he realizes as soon as he realizes General Mack is here, he realizes the campaign yeah. is already half lost. Yeah. Because that is I don't know how much of the total Austrian force that is. It's a lot. But it's a lot That's of That's a lot of people. <laughs> Well, even if it isn't like a significant amount of the Austrian force, that is a lot of people. Yeah. Like that is a lot, like a lot of people. Yeah. <laughs> I can't even, I can't picture 60,000 people in my head. Yeah. That's it's... over 10 times the size of the college we went to. Yeah. That's crazy. That's all, that's crazy. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, so General Mack had a major Austrian army completely surrounded, wiped out with almost no losses to Napoleon's forces. Uh, 60,000 prisoners taken in the old campaign. So pretty bad for the Austrians. Major L. Major, common Napoleon W. Common Napoleon W. Common Austrian L. Unfortunate Austrian L. <laughs> So that's the situation. Yes. With Mac. So it's very, very bad. And Andre is distraught. It says he's one of the few officers that actually has an interest in the overall progress Mm -hmm. of the war, which is an interesting note. I feel like that kind of makes sense if you just get a bunch of rich people. Yeah. And give them stations in the military that they don't really care about or don't really, haven't really earned. Which Andre was in the same boat. He was in the same boat. He didn't, he seemed kind of apathetic about his position in the military. However, it seems. That since joining Kutuzov with the letter from his father, he's a Nepo baby. Mm-hmm. Andre the Nepo baby. Andre the Nepo. They all are. <laughs> but especially here. Especially here. Um, he he seems to have you know kind of found his place. I think it, I think this is another thing that he seems to get from his father. Yeah, because his well, dad's it, really interested in all the stuff. And Andre, even when he was talking to his dad, seemed to know a lot of the facts and figures about the. But war. it also seems like it, it assigns him purpose. That's yeah, yeah, which doesn't. He didn't have in St. Petersburg. Yeah. He was just kind of going to parties that he hated and trying to f- figure out why his marriage isn't working mm-hmm. and being generally unhappy. Yeah. And it seems it, there's still not a lot of patriotism about him, it doesn't seem. It seems like he just enjoys the organization of being in the military. He's very invested in like being a part of the military infrastructure, you know? Yes. Because it even says something about. He was afraid of Bonaparte's genius. The man might turn out to be stronger than all of the brave Russian troops put together. And yet at the same time, he couldn't bear to think of his hero being disgraced, which I think refers. I don't know if that refers to Bonaparte or Kutuzov. Kutuzov. I'm not sure. I think he's talking about Kutuzov. It almost sounds like to me he's once he's afraid of losing to Napoleon. So he should want Napoleon to lose. Yeah. But he's afraid of his hero being disgraced in the sense of he's like hero, afraid of hero, seeing maybe hero as not in personal idol, but as in like, it's maybe, maybe, he, maybe it's like a, an admiration for his strategicness and his like, yeah, like he kind of in some sick sort of way, like wants 
to see if as just a tactician and as someone mm-hmm. who studies maybe like a battle and battles and stuff he wants to see the strategy succeed maybe but not at the cost of his own yeah army because he's not a bonapartist like pierre no. but he has been sort of defensive of napoleon yeah. in a couple of conversations well, i think he's defensive here. i think he's defensive of napoleon in of the way that he feels napoleon is being underestimated mm. by the russian yeah government and not maybe not government but russian military and those who are involved in past and present iterations of the military so i think that he is defending them or defending him to the point of which it's like maybe yeah. you shouldn't underestimate this maybe. guy he's a lot more smart than you think here's all of the reasons why whereas pierre is kind of just like a blind idolization yeah and he's playing out these fantasies in his room that might be that sounds viable sounds viable to me yeah that makes sense to you yeah that can you get that through your thick skull i can it's in there <laughs> it's lodged in it's there. locked and loaded we, yeah uh, interesting in that as well is we see again here the conflict between the Russians and the Austrians, uh, which we saw even last chapter at the end where they talk about the possible Austrian defeat and Dolokhov is like, well, good riddance. I yeah, hope they, I hope of, they got killed. They kind of hate each other. Like, man, you're on the same side. Like, if they <laughs> fail, it just makes stuff harder for you. Yeah. And then here we have Andre even admitting he was happy at the yeah. Austrian humiliation. He calls them arrogant. Yeah. They're arrogant. I think that that's a part of it is it, it's probably like the Austrians are... Like, we're better than you. Looking down on the Russians, <laughs> Yeah. We are German and Austrian and we are better than you. If they're so bad, then why do you guys keep hiring all their generals and importing all these German immigrants? If they're so bad at what they do, then why is it the car company of the world? So true. You know, but Germans, they got a a rough history. (laughs) Not yet. Not yet. They kind of don't exist yet. Which I find interesting that they're referred to as Germans, but the country or like a providence of Germany doesn't exist. Yeah. I don't know the... It's a it's a obviously a cultural delineator. Well, here. it also could be a translation delineator. Maybe. I don't know. Are but, they but referred to Prussians as- and Austrians are being referred to as Germans. You could just call them Austrians, but they're also Germanic language. Maybe it's a language delineation. Maybe. You know what I mean? Because yeah, they're talking they, about they like do- French and stuff. But they're not calling they don't call the Russians French. Yeah. Well, I don't know. This is a guess. German comes from Julius Caesar's name for Germania, which were all of the tribes outside of Gaul that they weren't able to subjugate for Rome. And that's where German came from. So that may be a much that may be an older cultural delineator for Central Europe than the countries of Austria and Prussia. Mm. It might mm. be they might be of Germanic Just Germanic. Germanic peoples yes. and then the Austrian and Prussian kingdoms within those. I think that that's my guess at what it is, and you don't get a, and then you get a proper German state later, soon actually. So they go in. General Matt goes in, has a private conversation with Kutuzov, informs him, and then the Austrians come out and are coming down the hallway. And Andre is with uh, Kozlowski and Zerkov, the clown, that goober, that goober, that goofy guy, and that merry prankster. Zerkov makes fun of them, mocks the Austrians yeah. as they walk by. And Andre gets really he gets mad. Really at him. mad. He's like, "You took the. You're taking it too far, buddy. Not funny anymore. Not funny. Keep that to yourself, man. It's not funny anymore. Just be like the rest of us and make fun of them inside your head. Seriously, seriously. <sighs> grow up. Where do we grow up? <laughs> yeah. So Andre is taking the news of Max's defeat very, very hard. Yes. And is very is now suddenly both exhilarated. 
by the prospect of open combat and very stressed about... Andre seems to just be generally stressed. <laughs> yeah, I think he's just stressed in a, in a general sense. He had a good few months there with Kutuzov, and now... Now he's back. Now we're back on the stress train. And we're back on the stress train. <laughs> Happens to the best of us. So yeah, so this is our, our big news. General Mack's army of Austrians has been wiped from the field. Uh-oh. And now it looks like there is an inevitable broiling occurring coming he- up heading towards conflict open battle between the austro-russian forces and napoleon bonaparte's oh, grand army brother oh Uh-oh. brother who will come out on top i don't know wrestlemania wrestlemania emperor mania <laughs> dude that's all europe was for a few hundred years <laughs> emperor mania Okay, uh, my ranking? No, you give me a ranking. That's what I'm. That's what I'm. Yeah, meant. that's what I meant to say. <laughs> okay, so let's do Andre and his boys. Andre Kozlowski and Zerkov. Okay, we don't know a lot about Kozlowski, but Kozlowski. you can work with what you got here. Who do you think is the best at doing handstands? Oh, well, I think. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think Zerkov is probably number one because he's a little clown. Oh, that's so true. Um, and then I'm going to say, oh, what's his name? Kozlovsky. Kozlovsky and then Andre. I don't think Andre's ever tried to do a handstand. No, probably not. He's a little too serious for that. Yeah. But I think that Zerkov's number one, Kozlovsky's number two, and Andre's number three. That's pretty sensible. What do you think Kutuzov? Yeah. I think Kutuzov's a sleeper. I think he's Ooh. coming at number two. Ooh. Maybe in his youth he was more of a handstand participant. Mm. All right. Good deal. Good deal. All right. All right. That's it. See that you tomorrow. That is chapter three. See you guys tomorrow. Bye-bye. For chapter, chapter four. four. Bye-bye.